Friday night, let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. With Matt and John, and Mike and Bill, I almost forgot that other Matt too. Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Matt. And we're... And we're Friday, Friday Night, night Games! games. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> hey, we did that pretty well, actually. <laughs> so uh, the two of us like to discuss everything board game related. So that's what you're going to get. And sometimes we talk about stuff that we play. Yeah, occasionally. And often about how we screw up. <laughs> <laughs> Every game we've ever played. <laughs> so last week we talked about the Golden Geek Awards and how maybe bias kind of ekes its way into the results. Um, I think it'd be pretty fun if we go back maybe 10 years or so. And kind of see what happened to those games that won. Are we still are we playing them? Are people still playing them? Um, I know you are tracking some data, so I would like to see your thoughts on some of those games as well. Oh man, okay. So let me let me just say. So last week was really fun. Had a great time talking about the winners and kind of reminiscing about games we played or we want to play or haven't played. So I actually started uh, looking back. Right after it, I was like, hey, you know what? What games already won and, and you know, what um, what games kind of were nominated that are that are popular now that were, you know, no one, no one, it didn't win any awards. So I really wanted to look at that and see. And I wanted to see how well games kind of continued over time. Nice. So, you know, did like a 2010 winner, you know, or nominee, is it still around? Is it not still around? You know? Nice. Are we looking strictly at uh, game of the year? Um, you know what? I, for simplicity's sake and length of podcast's sake, because <laughs> there are a lot of nominees every year, um, I marked down the game of the year from 2011 all the way to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2010, I could not actually find the winner list. So it is what it is. <laughs> I have 2011. I, let's go. Well, we're gonna go. We're start with 2010. So I actually looked through. They had nominees. So I looked through some of the nominees and I wrote them down. So here are 2010 nominees that are worth mentioning. Uh, one is the Resistance. Okay. The social deduction game. One of the not necessarily the first of its kind, but one of the ones to be influential enough to release more social dedu- deduction games. Um, right. Here's one that we played zombie dice we put oh yeah i played that at bill's house yeah i I actually i actually almost bought that today oh man this is a great game so that was actually from 2010 i don't know if it won i hope it did i have no idea i almost bought it because uh i purchased a game from our local board game store oh nice for my daughter and uh, they do deliver it's called dragon's breath cool yeah yeah um so basically um they only do deliveries if it's over 25 dollars and this game was $23, so it had to be in-store pickup, which is fine. But I was like, ah, I might as well just have them delivered so I don't have to go out tomorrow. Um, and I almost got Zombie Dice, but instead I uh, opted for uh, Suro Phoenix Rising or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, that's cool. I, re- I really like the Suro series, so I want to see what's different in there. It's cool. Here's another one we played, Castle Panic. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then uh, the other one I have noted was uh, Jaipur. I don't think you played it, but I played it. It's a really good game. It's like kind of like a market. You're like in a market trying to buy resources. It's really cool. I don't know who won, by the way. <laughs> I feel like we played all those games. Yeah, we have. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. 
Well, I mean, those are those are four games. There's a big list. I mean, some of them, a lot of them, I you know we haven't played, or I'm like I don't remember these, and I don't know who won. So I just kind of like 2010. See you later. <laughs> I don't care about you. <laughs> All right. So 2011, the games that I noted down. Um, and you know what? It will make a fun game of this. You will make you try to guess uh, what game was game of the year. Okay. That'll be a fun game. That'll be a fun All little right. game. Okay. So 2011. These are the games I, I noted down. Um, Dixit Odyssey, uh, King of mm-hmm. Tokyo, Dominant mm-hmm. Species, and Seven mm-hmm. Wonders. Okay. So what do you think won? Board Game of the Year? Yeah. What are they again? King of Tokyo, Dixit uh-huh. Odyssey, uh-huh. Seven Wonders, and Dominant uh-huh. Species. Uh, dominant species. Yes, and why? Why did you choose that? Because <laughs> I haven't played it. Exactly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, what's this game about? Because I well, played all the other games. Well, so first of all, King of Tokyo was a nominee that year. Well, it didn't okay. win anything, which was kind of strange. Um, which I'll go into in a minute. Uh, Dixit Odyssey. You played that with me. Think right. I own it. It's an awesome game. You know, yeah, it's when you put you. you have to you have to choose whose card matches the the word or story you you say. Yeah. Um, and then Seven Wonders, which um we've played. You know, it was one of the one of multiple the, times. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's a great game. It was considered a card game, which I think mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it, I guess I consider it a card game too. I consider it more of a strategy game. So I don't know. But yeah, Dominant Species. What's it about? I don't know. <laughs> So the, the description here is like with the ice age approaching, which animal will best propagate, migrate, and adapt? Yeah, it sounds cool. So players act as mammals, reptiles, birds, amphibians, or arachnids, or insects. Uh, you begin to game more or less in the state of natural balance in relation to eno- another, but that won't last because it's a survival of the fittest. It's a p- pawn placing game. I'm actually quite in. I'm I'm interested in this. Yeah, I, I thought like going through this, I was kind of like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should like try to play a lot of the game of the year stuff, right? Because I don't know. Seems like we we missed out on some things. I don't know why, but we have. I guess some notes on that too. Uh, Dixit Odyssey won party game of the year, which is not surprising. It's a very good party game. It appeals to everybody, um, not just board gamers, but family. And then Seven Wonders actually won best card game and family game. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Also, I, I noted that these awards actually had video games in them, which was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, they used to do video games up until like 2016 or something. They were doing video games with their awards too, but then they stopped. Um, all right, so 2012. Here's the games that I took note of. Risk Legacy, Eclipse, King of Tokyo, Mage Knight, and Takenoko. Which one won? My initial guess, King Tokyo's on there again? Yeah, so this was weird. So I noticed it was nominated 2011, and then the 2012 awards, it actually won Party, Children's, Family, and maybe something else. So it was really interesting to see that this game originally came out, or at least was starting to come out in 2011, but then in 2012 it gained a lot more popularity. So sometimes games... And, and I don't know, maybe it was just a mistake between 2011 and 2012, but that's what I noticed on the nominees list. And I'm like, it really surprised me considering how great of a game King of Tokyo is and considering that people missed that. 
I should also note that the awards were originally in November, and then they changed over to March at some time. So maybe that could have been one of the ones that when it changed over. Oh, it kind of trickled into another quarter or something? Yeah. So, but I don't know. I would say maybe... Well, King Tokyo won the year before. King Tokyo didn't win anything the year before. No, sorry. I meant to say it was on the one before. I don't know. Was it King Tokyo this year? No. No, no, no. Takenoko. Takenoko. No. It was actually uh, Eclipse. (laughs) Or, yeah, Eclipse. Yep, Eclipse. (laughs) Game of the year, Eclipse. What's it about? Let me check it. All right, so Eclipse, I don't really, I never played the game. I guess put it on the list. Uh, It places in control of a vast interstellar civilization competing for success with its rivals. You will explore new star systems, research research technologies, and build spaceships with to wage war. Sounds very familiar. Sounds kind of like, uh, what's that game uh, everyone plays? Um, it's real. Risk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, I've, I'm, I'm sensing a common theme with game of the year here so far. Risk? <laughs> what's not risk? Uh, risk. Uh, so... What's interesting... I mean, Risk Risk Legacy didn't win. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So Risk Legacy didn't (laughs) win. But Risk Legacy, I noted down, actually won Innovative Game of the Year. And I think that was... I don't know. I think it was one of the first Legacy games to come out. I think we should do a topic on Legacy games because I've been really into (laughs) wanting to play all of them. I agree. They're they're a lot of fun. They keep you you playing is what what they do. Um, But Risk Legacy... I actually purchased that back in 2012 before we all started board gaming heavily. And um, I was like, I loved it. I, I thought it was way better than the regular game of Risk because it just kind of gave that extra element and you wanted to play through to get the extra surprises and learn what else is in the game, you know? So it was really addicting. So nice. that innovate, so that one innovative game of the year, um, King of Tokyo, like I said, it like basically won everything else. It was like party, children's family, um, and it's a great game, so I'm not surprised that it, it did that. And if, when you really think about it, Risk Legacy, King of Tokyo, and even I put Takenoko down there because it won for art. But actually, that's mm-hmm. a really good strategy game. So, you know, like all those games, that you know, I hear about all those games, but Eclipse, I don't really hear about. Um, as opposed to Dominant Species, which I have heard about, I just have never played, right? So 2013 um the games that i took note there's there's i'm gonna say that starting 2013 there's a lot of games on the list that i'm like okay i can name a lot of these but i'll just name some of the ones that are like super popular on the list was love letter terra mystica Mm -hmm. the duke and coup so what do you think one game of the year i mean i know how much we love coup (laughs) but i don't think that would have won game of the year no it didn't uh was it was it uh love letter no (laughs) It wasn't Love Letter. I'll let you guess again. There's only four games I listed, so. Uh, I forget the other one, so Terra Mystica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Terra Mystica. I should pay attention to you more often when you're talking. <laughs> well, you got it right, so, I mean, hey. You're like three for three right now. Now you're actually one. <clears throat> I'm like over. No, two. you got Dominant Species, right? I know Terra, Terra Mystica has been a big game, and it goes on and off the hot list a lot. I've never. It is actually on my list to play. The problem with this game is that it's a really long game, so it's another one of those you got to like sit down and learn the rules, and then you know for like two hours, and then play for another two hours. So, 
Yeah, so Terra Mystica, um, it sounds like you are... It almost sounds like, based off this description, almost kind of like Catan meets Risk. Uh, so it says like to ta- you have to terraform... You have, to, you have to terraform the land Using to give yourself new places to build and ward off your neighbor and ward off neighbors. Wait, do you have to terraform the land and get sheep wool or get sorry get sheep wood, <laughs> and then and then use that to build men to fight other regions? Yeah, uh, there's seven landscapes. You're bound to its home environment, develop and grow, and then you must terraform neighboring landscapes in your home environments in competition with the other groups. Wow. So, yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> Sounds good. It's on my list. I just, and I almost picked it up last time I was at the board game shop. Uh, you know, when we used to go to board game shops. <laughs> I almost bought it, so. They just come to me now. <laughs> it's a bit lazy, this. How many uh, board games have I bought in isolation? Um, probably, like, ten. <laughs> More than you would normally. <laughs> <laughs> uh yep that's cool uh just a couple notes on that year 2013 love letter one innovative family card and party game can we give um, love letter some love like that game is so good the game is awesome yeah it is awesome and they have a million versions of it too which is great i really want to f- track down i know it's out of print but the batman one. Oh yeah so if you like print. if you if you come across it Board Game Bill has the uh, Archer one, which is really cool. Oh, cool. We played it a bunch of times. Um, another another good note from that year is that Terra Mystica was a strategy game of the year. Um, mm-hmm. The Duke won um, Abstract Game. And then Coup was a nominee, but Coup never won anything. So, Which is surprising to us, but not everyone likes Coup, so I get it. Yeah, no, I get it too. I, just, I, I like Coup because... When you know when we play that game on our game nights, it's not because like it's an awesome. It's not because it's like a great. This is gonna sound weird, but it's not because it's a great game. I think it's just because how much fun we play, or fun we have when we're playing it. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of like you know. I'm the Duke. No, I'm the Duke. <laughs> I'm the Duke. There's only like two Dukes. You but can't be a Duke. Can everyone, how can everyone <laughs> be the Duke? Or how can everyone be the uh, the captain? Right. The captain, I am the yeah. Capitan. Then you I steal. am the Capitan. <laughs> yeah, Wait, and that, I think I think the bluffing—it's a bluffing game, and we have a lot of fun with bluffing games. Right. So, like, like you and Bill are really good at it. Um, I'm okay, and Novi's terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2014. I made a note of this. This is actually when they started having runner-ups, and I did notice okay. that um, the runner-ups did equally as well as the regular games. So I wasn't going to write down everything, and there's there's just a lot of games at this point not only did the nominee list get a lot deeper but like the games that were winning got a lot of got a lot deeper which kind of says a lot about how you know 2014 was also the will wheaton years of tabletop so you know the games obviously became a lot more popular okay um so game of the year uh oh sorry i'll give you all the games first so the three games that I took note of were Star Realms, Splendor, and Dead of Winter. Okay. So, which game do you think won Game of the Year? My heart tells me Dead of Winter, but my brain tells me Splendor. <laughs> well, your brain is right. Yes. <laughs> Splendor won Game of the Year that year. 
Isn't that cool? It also won Family Game of the Year. It's it, I, actually no. It I think it was the only one that didn't win anything. It became it was like runner up in something. But yeah, no, it was cool. It was Game of the Year. Dead of Winter actually was a runner up to Splendor. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. Uh, Star Realms um, won two player and card, and I thought that was kind of important because you know uh, it was one of the deck builders to break away from Dominion. So. That cool. was kind of neat. Um, 2015. So I'm going to give you a couple games here. Codenames, Mysterium, Blood Rage, Monikers, and Pandemic Legacy Season 1. So which oh, one do you pan- think? Pandemic, hands down. One game of the year? Oh, yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because I've been trying to buy it. Because, I, like I said, I'm really into Legacy games. And I cannot buy it anywhere. It's always sold out every store. Are you and, sure? Codenames uh, is a way more high-selling game, though. Do you think? You think? No, be... Co- Codenames probably won like family or party game or something. Pandemics game of the year. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're like shaking your head, like yeah, obviously. Yeah, it won. It won. Uh, it won game of the year, and it was. Uh, it also won strategy game of the year. Um, Codenames won party. No, no, sorry. Codenames won family. And then, and then the other two games I, I wrote down because they didn't win anything. So Blood Rage, which is a great game, and they had Ankh or Ankh or anyway, however you want to say it. They, they had that game on Kickstarter this month, and it hit like a million. And then Monikers, which you can argue is one of the best party games ever made, was nominated but didn't win anything. So it's kind of interesting. Which also kind of shows you that there's a lot of games, and games don't always become popular until later on, you know. Or not everyone likes them. So they probably gain like a like a cult following, right? And then, well, and then right. some games fade, right? They gain a cult right. following. Some games fade, and then those you know those still last the test, you know the the test of time. Um, twenty. So now we're getting closer to twenty nineteen. So twenty sixteen. Um, <laughs> all these games, you're gonna be like, oh, I know what all these games are. <laughs> so uh, I I wrote them down. Arkham Horror, the card game, Clank. Mm-hmm. Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, Aeon's End, uh, Scythe, and Terraforming Mars. Ooh. I know. What uh, What do you think won? Probably Scythe. Are you sure? Terraforming Mars is a really good game. Yeah, but I feel like everyone loves Stonemaier games. So whatever year that comes out, the games come out, they win. <laughs> <laughs> Case like, in point, 2019. I like how you said that. I like how you said that. You started laughing. <laughs> Well, you know what? Stonemaier really kicked itself in the in the or stubbed its foot this year because you know it won Wingspan. It brought out Wingspan and Tapestry, and it only won for Wingspan. So if it brought out Tapestry a different year, it could have won. Just saying. Um, it was Scythe. <laughs> good job. Um, but just as a note, like uh, there's some really good games that year. 2016: Scythe, Terraforming Mars, Arkham Horror, the card game, Clank, Man- Mansions of Madness. Two and Aeon's End are all fantastic games. Um, my interesting note was that Mansions of Madness Second Edition and Aeon's End actually were nominated but didn't win anything, which was to me surprising because Mansions of Madness was actually on the hot list since we started collecting stats back in July. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It actually jumped on the hot list in uh, October and then didn't leave until like uh, April. So why why do you think it hopped on? Uh well Halloween but then like people just 
Uh, it could have been ex- you know honestly it could be several things. Could be an expansion. Could be Halloween. Uh, yeah. I didn't closely research it, but but still to be on the hot list for that many months is pretty spectacular. It's not right. something that happens all the time, you know. Um, Aeon's End is a game that I really like, um, and it jumps on and off depending on what expansions come out. But it wasn't, you know, it didn't excite people enough to stay on the list. And then obviously Terraforming Mars and Scythe are fantastic games. They're always neck and neck. They've been on, you know, honestly they've both been on the hot list since we've been mining the stats, and they're and they're not leaving. Arkham Horror, the card game, is another one which is fantastic. I picked it up this year. I can't stop playing it. And Clank, we play together as a legacy game, which is great. So now is the Clank that's on there? Is that the deck building game or the leg or the legacy? That's the original game. Okay. So the very first Clank game. I don't even know when the Legacy game came out. Legacy game came out this year. The The Clank Legacy came out 2019. Sorry, not this year, but 2019 it came out. Oh, yeah, because it was all over the... Uh, it was on the nomination list. I'm so stupid. I nom- I, I <laughs> You said you... Voted, yeah. I voted for it for the game of the year. Uh, what do you oh, mean? You voted for it. <laughs> and I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. All right, so 2017. You got to remember 2018. First of all, 20, so 2018, what won? Root. Okay, so what won 2017? I have no idea. I'm not even going to give you a list. Come on, you know this. I don't know. Think about it. If, if Wingspan won this year and Root won last year, what other big game that's number one on Board Game Geek? <laughs> well, can you give me another hint, please? I'm just I kidding. Can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was I, it? I did it? Did it sweep it? Uh, It didn't, actually. It didn't. That's no. interesting. No. And, Obviously, um, so that's Gloomhaven then, right? Yeah, it is Gloomhaven. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You're really good at this. You're really good at trivia. Boop, boop. Good for you. I'm really horrible at trivia. I wouldn't get any of this right. So pat yourself on the back. Mm. Um, yeah, Gloomhaven won Game of the Year that year. So that's a pretty obvious choice. Um, interestingly, the other games were um, Azul, Sangrada, uh, Spirit Island, and Werewords, and that's those are the games I wrote down. And I, and one of them, Spirit Island, didn't win anything, and it's actually been on the hot list since we started gathering stats. So it's one of those games where, like this is a really good game, and you know it it didn't win anything, but people started taking note of it and playing it and really enjoyed it. It could be because of an expansion, or it just could be because it's a great game in general. So right, thought that was cool. Uh, and then Azul, which actually won Family Game of the Year. And poor, poor Sangrata. It's also a fantastic game, but it's always second to Azul, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. But Azul, I mean, you can argue is way more successful than any of those games because it, it appeals to so many more people, right? Right. So it's really interesting when you have, you know, sure, there's like the board game geek top game, but then there's like that game that you know non gamers really like because it's easy to pick up and play. Right. And that is Azul. So Azul, even though Gloomhaven won game of the year, Azul is actually the real winner of that year. Nice. Um, and then 2018, you said it, the game of the year is? Root, root, root. Root. <laughs> Simple enough. Pretty obvious. Other games I uh, I mentioned or have wrote down is Architects of the West, Everdell, Brass Birmingham, The Mind, Quacks of Quinlanburg, and Party Game just once. So I had like and honestly, the list had a lot of great games on it. And I'm like, oh, these are just the most notable ones that I think will continue on past nice. the time. 
I was going to say uh, Everdell is kind of in the same shoes as Sangrada to Azul, Everdell to Root. <laughs> it's just a fantastic game, but came out the same year as Root, so it's hard to compete, right? For sure. So I was going to say, why is it that, you know, now we're, what, 10 years, 10 years in from where we start out this list, so why is it that some of the game the previous years at the beginning we just haven't really heard of or we haven't played um why do you think they've kind of fallen off a little bit but we you know five years five years ago we're still playing the games that won or they're still notably readily available for us right i think i think a lot of it has to do with innovation there's two theories i have one is it a family game if it's a family game that's come out it's probably going to be played longer than five years and it's probably going to be more successful than those games that are number one hmm. right so and, and case in point azul right uh case in point splendor so those games are, are mass produced for the consumer whereas like gloomhaven you know you still can't buy it <laughs> you could buy it. it's gonna be more expensive because supply and demand right it's also it takes a lot more money to produce than than say splendor Right. So, so my theory is that they produce simple enough games that are easy to mass produce and they're fun. Those are the games that are going to move on. Um, the other games that win number one, and actually I didn't mention this, every game that was the game of the year for the last 10 years, except Splendor, won the best strategy game category. Interesting. You know, going back to the last episode, we talked a little bit about bias. And, you know, that is the bias of the board game geek user. They're going to be like a power board game player. They're, you know, they're, they're bored of Azul and they're bored of Splendor. They're going to go for Gloomhaven. They're going to go for Root. They're going to go for, you know, uh, Dominant Species. And games that are more party-ish, which are, I guess, a sign of like saying simpler, like Love Letter and uh where words and just one and monikers you know they would be seen as a simpler game so maybe they're like oh i don't want to go and buy them or because because you're a hardcore strategy person right so maybe maybe the people who frequent board game geek or forums are strategy people yeah that makes sense that's my theory is it true i don't know <laughs> it's just my theory what about you? What do you, what do you think? Games with good strategy or have a good strategic element to them keep me interested in playing games um, because you know you're gonna start to. I find when games that have strategy that you that you play often enough, like you kind of evolve how how you play, right? You you try different things out and you see what goes together. So I can understand why strategic games end up winning. You know, are they? All the games on that list, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I can see why they why it won. I, I wouldn't argue that they won or why they won. But I but I get your point where the games that I play more more often at home, so like like Azul for instance, is more accessible, and I can see why that maybe didn't win game of the year, but it was more in that family or party game section because it's easier to learn, it's easier to play. But I still that that game's got some some pretty good strategy in it as well, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough and. Uh, and looking through all the lists, I think one of the things that really caught my eye was that there's so many good games coming out every year. It's hard to just choose one. It's hard to play them all, too. Well, it's impossible to play them all. <laughs> <laughs> but but more but more specifically, you know, seeing the list and then going through, I'm like, well, clearly Board Game Geek had the same problem too because at one point they only chose one game, and then all of a sudden they switched it up to three games. So you know, the the winner 
and then the two runner-ups. And then that's a clear sign of saying, hey, you know what? This award, in quotes, is so hard to determine which one's actually good because they're all good. Right. You need to play them all. And, you know, you might prefer one over the other. You know, it's all preference, right? It's not actually, like, what what is good. It's It's, like, what you prefer. So the winner is what the masses prefer as opposed to what you, you know, what you personally think is good. Like if 40% vote, it wins on a 40% vote, then, you know, not everyone thinks this is the best game. That's true. So That's true. But it was very, it was very interesting just to go through and see the evolution of the Golden Geek Awards. So that was pretty neat for yeah. me to explore, you know, and then, and then learn about games. I'm like, I've never heard of, like, I never played Dominant Species. I've heard of it. I don't know what it's about. Eclipse, I've never heard of. Um, the 2010 winner, I've never heard of, uh, because you you said it, I couldn't even find it. <laughs> Everything else I've heard of, but you know, if I played it, it just depends on how much time I got. You know, I don't have time for Gloomhaven. I don't have time for Terra Mystica. So it was, it was just interesting seeing that. Well, thank you for doing all that research. You're welcome. Appreciate it. From all of us at Friday Night Games, I would like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear, please like us on our socials. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you have any questions or comments that you would like us to address on the show personally, send us a message and we will address it as soon as we can.